You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and Andy and I are back with Season 2, Episode 6, as we discuss the future of the NHL, we deliver a little bad news about one of our beloved New York Rangers. But first, Andy, how are you doing, and, and how'd you survive the storm? Uh, well, I survived the storm all right. I've had some power issues the last couple days uh, with Con Edison has assured us will be fixed. It's almost, I think it's uh, most of the people on my block, because I'm in a... Uh, I'm in a building with three apartments, but it's a part of a larger unit. And most people, you know, all the way down don't have uh, the street, don't have uh, any power or or dealing with partial power. I have partial power, but running extension cords, it looks, uh, yeah, it looks like a, uh, a, you know, a Chevy Chase in uh, National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation type setup with how I've jerry-rigged it. But um, yeah, it, it's it's ser- it's servicing for just uh, just to get us through this podcast, you know, knock on wood. But um, yeah, other than that, I'm happy we finally seem to have some concrete news on the NHL. And when I say concrete, like seemingly like no no take backsies, you know, I hope. But uh, also, obviously, for the news we're gonna get into, yeah, some sad news recently, and, and you know, I'm, I'm more about to touch on it. So I'll just I'll let you uh, tell everyone. Yeah, obviously, this past week, I'm sure everyone in the hockey world already knows, but. Our beloved Henrik Lundqvist is not able to play this season because of a heart condition. Now, when I read this, this seemed to be like, I thought it was like a new thing, but apparently this heart condition, he went to the doctors months ago for it. Uh, there is a remedy for it, so he doesn't seem like he'll have long-term problems, but you know, obviously it's going to prohibit him from playing this NHL season. I don't know what this means for his future or if he's going to retire, but man, oh man, does that not look good. And you know, it's just an awful way for Henrik Lundqvist to go out. If this is his, you know, if this is his last stand. Yeah, it's sad, man. I mean, as far as I am not a medical person, I don't know, but I did see some people online who were, I guess, just had medical experience or backgrounds who they were uh, thinking it could be something like a, you know, he's an athlete. So athletes have routine routine check uh, checkups and tests and EKGs and things like that. They probably could be uh, found like a dysrhythmia in his heart or something. And it's one of those things where uh, I think it's, you know, in 
because of it, it's like if he got hit with a puck, you know, somewhere where he was, you know, exceptionally vulnerable, it could cause his heart to stop and it could kill him, which could be really dangerous. I think it's the type of thing they can, with medication and time, they can like get it, fix it, the issue. But at the same time, I, I, I'm not a medical person, I don't know. But yeah, it's just really sad. You could see he was excited to kind of, as painful as it was for his tenure with the New York Rangers to end, he seemed really energized and happy to be on uh, the Washington Capitals that he posted a video him of him addressing it. And he really seemed really, really upset about it, you know, because you saw him practicing on the ice in clips with uh, his new t- Capitals teammates, guys like uh, Hagelin and, and Nick Backstrom and Tom Wilson. But And, you know, everyone... Not, you know, a bunch of capitals, a bunch of his former teammates and hell, a bunch of NHL teams all poured out with their support, you know, just wishing him the best of health. And hopefully they'd see him again on the ice soon. You know, the unspoken thing here is he's at his age and something like this is just, man, he didn't didn't have a lot of runway left anyway. And I just don't, you know, you don't really know this really could be it, which is kind of a sobering and sad thing to think. Because you always want to go out in your own terms. And maybe even though he wanted to be a Ranger for his entire tenure, the fact that he still got to felt a little bit of a renewed challenge and to play competitive hockey, it's sad, man. Like, you don't want you you want everyone to go out in their own terms, even if it doesn't result in them winning. But they you want them to be the master of their own fate. So for have something like this really put a yeah, put that at risk. Uh, it's sad, you know, but obviously, hopefully, no matter what he emerges from this with uh he can at least lead a comfortable and regular life you know because it's just yeah 2020 uh continues to suck and you know uh, i definitely feel for henrik lundquist yeah it's one of those things where you know as a selfish hockey fan you want him to find any possible way he could play and realistically that's just not going to happen and i i just don't see a path in which Henrik Lundqvist comes back in a way in which he'd be content with. You know, I don't know if he really wants to be, you know, in his 40s playing, you know, backup goaltender for random teams. I don't know what teams are really going to take him at that point if he misses, you know, this season and then tries to get into shape for the following season. I don't know. I don't know if he truly wants that. I don't know if teams really want to take a risk. Uh, especially after finding out that he does have this heart condition. I don't know if he's even going to be able to pass a, a physical for him to play. And and unfortunately, you know, with the coronavirus, I don't know if he catches it. Could that, you know, put him at a higher risk? Probably, I would assume so. But, you know, there's so many question marks. And it's just like at his age and the amount of money he has in the bank, he's got a family. Is it is it worth him risking for a Stanley Cup? I, I Listen, no one, no fan is ever going to be able to grasp, uh, you know, the dedication and work that these players put into uh, this sport. And for him not to have the ultimate prize, which is the Stanley Cup, probably kills him inside. But at the same time, your health and your family has got to be number one. You know, obviously it just sucks because, you know, the fan in me was excited for Lundquist because I, I never thought he was the issue in New York. It was usually the surrounding cast that let him down. And, you know, finally he's got an opportunity to do something in Washington to make a run in a in an odd season uh, where he was going to play a huge role and he was probably all excited and only to have, you know, the rug pulled out from under him. And now not only is the season in question, but his entire career, it just sucks. Like there's no other way to put it. And 
I think the reach out that you saw from around the league is people realizing that he's not going out on his own term. He had his opportunity and it's kind of being taken away from him and it's kind of not fair, but that's how life is sometimes. And man, it sucks. And, you know, I'm obviously thinking about him, but overall, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, a lot of people have a, a lot worse and, you know, he should take pride in what he was able to accomplish in New York. And if he gets to play again in the future, that maybe next year, who knows, you know, hopefully he can, but man, it just, it sucks. You know, it's kind of like the wind uh, taken out of your sails. It's just, just a tough situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess if there's any consolation, uh, not that there probably is for him, but at the same time, listen, this is a, with everything going on this year and this season, if there was one to miss and hopefully if he can come back, uh, you know, maybe it is this, the circumstances are kind of different. There's a lot of uncertainty, you know, health things. I, you do have to wonder if we might see some, you know, it's unfortunate as to say we might have players opt out for a variety of different reasons from the season. I think there is, you know, there's an extent, uh, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure there, I have heard about the NHLPA and the league agreeing on extenuating circumstance opt out. Uh, but yeah, it just, you know, it's really unfortunate, but we wish him the best. Hopefully he can get this under control and who knows if he's team it's, I think it's as long, he's a competitive guy. Right. So if it's under control by next year and he's wants to give it a go and a team, you know, whether that be Washington or who knows, maybe another team is just willing to say like, we'll give him a chance, you know, we'll see. Well, we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate because it seemed like he, uh, of something that was initially painful for him leaving the Rangers. It seemed like he was had kind of was at peace and, and excited for a new challenge. And yeah, it's just unfortunate. Yeah. And, you know, it was a gaming chill seeing the outcry from people around the league, the players around the league, the the organizations, you know, it just like, you know, it really made you see again, you know, what Lundquist not only meant to the New York Rangers, but to the entire NHL. So Seeing that was, you know, very chilling and it's just surreal that like, you know, Henrik Lundqvist, this could be it. And just knowing who Hank is, this is definitely not the way he wanted to go out. This is not the way anyone thought he would go out. Uh, So right now, obviously, all we can do is pray that, you know, he finds uh, finds a path to recovery and hopefully that path allows him to uh, lace him up again and be a part of a team. And and I know he'll no matter what, I'm sure he's going to put himself in a position to win a Stanley cup. And, you know, hopefully he gets that opportunity in the future, but it won't be this season, but we do on the bright side, Andy, we had a lot of good news since our last podcast, a lot of confirmed dates. It just seems like there's a ton of traction right now. And the NHL is heading in a really positive direction. And we got some talking points to, you know, concrete talking points that we can discuss and and see how it affects, you know, the Rangers and, and the rest of the league. So um, you have the dates like kind of in front of you, if you want to give our listeners just like a timeline of what they can expect. I know we touched on some of these last podcasts, but it seems to me that they're more confirmed this time. Yeah. I mean, barring them, the league officially announcing it, it seems they've come to, like I said, a, tentative agreement with the NHLPA on dates that they've been passing back and forth and protocols for return to play. There's still some roadblocks like that they haven't exactly ironed out, but they're as in terms of like every team's exact schedule, 
but I'm sure that'll come once they're like more comfortable with the return to play protocol. But as of now, puck drop is January 13th, as we've been talking about. Uh, They seem committed to that for, you know, a 56 game season. Uh, Trade deadline, April 12th. This regular season concludes May 8th. The expansion draft, uh, July 21st to welcome Seattle to the, the league. The actual NHL draft is July 23rd to 24th. Free agent frenzy, July 28th. Uh, yeah, and then I'm sure we will hear more about like if they're going to have trade in season, uh, you know, uh, just other in season dates, you know, uh, no exhibition games, which we can talk about, uh, you know, and, and the only other thing issue they're still currently, I think they have all the divisions ironed out. Currently, the Canadian division is in. I, for, for my understanding is they've gotten all after meeting some resistance from the various provinces in Canada, only B- British Columbia is pushing back on, you know, having inter uh, provincial travel and coming in and quarantine rules and not suspending them. And so I think they're working on them, but who knows, maybe there's a chance the Canucks might have to relocate or start their season in another province, you know, whether the, I don't know if that's, you know, Edmonton or Calgary or whatever, but, uh, We'll see. But yeah, it's like these things sound pretty, you know, it's as time goes on more and more info from these uh, calls between the board of governors and the PA keep uh, rolling out. So it's exciting, man. We have hockey. I mean, we're recording this on a a Sunday morning. uh, uh, The first uh, World Junior prelim games start tonight at Team USA play. So that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, hockey is, is coming back. So we have a lot to talk about and a lot to discuss. But uh, where where do you want to start? Well, I, I mean, I want to start with just the, you know, the league in general, you know, the 56 game schedule, you know, the all Canadian division, you're obviously playing your, your own division throughout the whole season. It's only 56 games. So it kind of seems a little repetitive, but I, I don't think it really will. You know, I just want, you know, fans to realize that and, and, and hockey fans in general to realize that you can throw away last year's record, the year before's record. This is like a fresh new start for the NHL here. Like this is going to be really cool. This is going to be exciting, especially if you're a New York Rangers fan, being able to play, you know, the the amount of rivalry games that are going on through throughout the division. It's incredible. And you know, I I'm super excited to you know, watch the New York Rangers play the Devils, the Islanders, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh you know, Washington, like all these teams that the Rangers really kind of developed, you know, a little bit of sense of a rivalry, especially in the playoffs playing, you know, Pittsburgh and Washington all those years. And, you know, all those game sevens that, you know, me and you sweat through, you know, this is kind of almost going to be like the same thing. And I'm super excited about it. And, you know, looking at the league and the divisions and who the teams are going to be constantly playing, I'm more excited for this season than I've been for any other season in the past for the start. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's nope. how I feel. Yeah, I definitely, from a combination of not thinking it would, not being totally sure it would even happen and just the weight and how we just kind of, that uns, for, as a Rangers fan, unsatisfying taste of our own team. I wa- There's all that for everything you mentioned, the renewed rivalries, the fact that we now know that the plan is for the playoffs just to be the top four teams from each of those four divisions right. going head to, you know, just going into it. Uh, you know, that's it. 
No, not having well, to get, no having to worry about you know wild card from the other conference taking a slot you know in your that you pr- tried to fight for because they were in an easier division, which is yeah it's a good thing. So uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited. <laughs> it's uh, definitely getting my competitive juices flowing. That's for sure because you really will have your eye so much closer on you know such a small the divisions are smaller in themselves. So you're really just going to pay. You're going to have laser focus on your immediate rivals who you've been playing all year. You know. Right, so let let's get right into that then, uh, and discuss pr- a big question I that I have. I think everyone has is is if the New York Rangers is it a reality that the New York Rangers can be a top four team in a division and make the playoffs? Um, as you stated before, obviously the top four teams from each division will make the playoffs, and then from there, those teams will play two rounds essentially to see who goes to the, you know, uh, NHL semifinals. And then from there, I think they still have some more negotiating and, and discussion, uh, to see how that format kind of lays out. But right now you gotta, it's your division. You got to win your division to have a chance to go to the Stanley cup finals or semifinals and then finals. So, you know, Andy, what are your thoughts? Are they, are the New York Rangers going to make the playoffs this year? Uh, it's a, it's really up in the air for me. If I'm being honest, you know, I have been very high on this team, but at the same time, as yeah, as high as I am on the Rangers and how they much they surprise and you know getting Lafreniere and at least some, just a uh, you know Shesterkin in the driver's seat, I think it's really going to come down to him if I'm not if I'm being honest because uh, I look at you know look at the division they're in, uh, which is now includes Boston and Buffalo and minus uh, Columbus and Carolina. Uh, it's, I think it's going to have a lot more to do with, I think it's, I have more questions, maybe as many question marks as I have about the Rangers. I have just as many about teams like Pittsburgh, how on paper, they seemingly just get, got worse and got older. Mm -hmm. Washington now doesn't have a long quiz. How does that affect their goaltending? Uh, you know, but they have a new coach in Laviolette who might be just who usually have comes in and has a good first year and, you know, uh, maybe a team that has to prove that they're. They still got it and they're not slipping. So, yeah, there's a lot of questions. You know, the Islanders, uh, they they didn't, you know, they still have yet to resign Barzell, but I assume they'll just end up bridging them. But, yeah, they're another year older. They're one, They're already the old, I think, the oldest team in the league. Um, they lose, you know, Taze. a good, a good yeah, De, uh, Devontae's, who was, was, you could argue was maybe outside of, I don't know, I guess tit for tat, but him and between him and Pulak, they're their best defensemen. So they're down with one of their best defensemen, you know? Uh, so what are they going to look like? Barry's a good coach though, and they're good and they're going to have uh, Sorokin. So we'll see, maybe he's lights out, but maybe he's not, we don't know. So yeah, I think luckily a lot of these teams have, you know, New Jersey, I still suspect will be the worst team in the league, although they got slightly better. Uh, Buffalo is Buffalo every year, but they now have Taylor Hall. They now have Eric Stahl to take on two center duties, and they they always start off good. And who knows? Because they usually fall off a cliff. But with less runway, if they get that's if they true. start hot again, yeah, maybe they're true. maybe a shortened season. They don't have enough time to 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 shoot themselves in the foot. So you just don't know. It's although we man, are it, starting at the point in w- of which they would be like in a full fledged free fall. So they maybe they'll just start the season off free falling and then crash where they never actually get the chance to take off that's true and but that's the thing i think this is one of those things that you know for if a team just doesn't start hot it could be it and it, through no fault of their own even if they're a good team i mean look at st louis the year they won the 
the Stanley Cup. They start off the year in crisis because they were terrible, you know, or even uh, I remember Philly going on that run a few years ago to to finally get back in the playoffs that they start off terrible. And that Christmas they had a, a team meeting and then from there they were on fire. You know what I mean? That stuff happens. So, but if it, they were only playing 56 games, it might not have come, they might not have made the playoffs, you know? So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's it, like you said, it's going to, it's going to be how, how you can start. So I think goaltending is going to play such an important part this season. You know, you're going to need them to steal some games that you probably should have lost because there's not enough time for, you know, law of averages to kind of help even it out and you're playing the ice to get there. So I have a lot of questions. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if they made it, but at the same time, it definitely like, I, I don't think it's a sure thing for the Rangers at all. I could definitely see them while they kind of get, get the feel of this new team. You know, Lundqvist is finally gone. They, you know, Lafreniere comes in and even though they were looking good, they're still trying to figure things out. Their defense is far from solidified. We don't really know what their how their bottom six is going to feel. So yeah, they have as many questions marks as anyone, but they're also lucky enough that they goaltending, which I keep harping on is so important. It seems the one spot that between him and Georgiev, they're two quality goaltenders and you got to become feel comfortable going with them. And, but, and, yeah, and let's a, not forget also Kincaid now is, will pro- most likely be their taxi squad goalie. Yeah, so, you were required to carry three goalies at all times uh, with your taxi squad. For the, you know. And that that will be Kincaid, right? There's no... Oh, yeah, it's going to be uh, Keith Kincaid. Who, oh. People seem to, people really like him. He seems like a nice guy, likable guy. So Yeah, and, you know, it's obviously that's for an emergency, so it's not like, you know, we're, we're saying he's a great player and all that and, and we can rely on him. But, you know, having a third-string goalie who is Keith Kincaid, who has NHL experience... You know, I, I think that's a, a, definitely a strong suit and it's definitely a, a a good person to have in your back pocket just in case of an emergency, which very it's probably very likely that something like that does happen, um, you know, possibly to the Rangers or or any team. So looking at the Rangers division, I know you touched on each of the teams and I think you hit the nail right on the head with goaltending be maybe the most important aspect of this season for any team. And I think the Rangers have the best one two tandem in our division. And if you look at every single team, there's a question mark on their goaltending. Bruins, Sabres, Devils, Islanders, Capitals, Penguins, Flyers. I mean, Flyers obviously can ride Carter Hart, but did you not see his record on the road? I mean, that kid struggles big time. Was it on the road or at home where he was just like he was good at home and he was he was maybe not so good on the road, but he was he was like almost lights out at home. But on the road, he was a little bit more more mixed you know right and it's just something that you know he's gonna have to you know win games on the road and unfortunately it's not gonna be easy with this division and you know again there's no team that goaltending impresses me am I wrong am I crazy no you know you know like I said I do think there is a chance the Islanders who with uh if they're gonna have uh, Sorokin and yeah. uh, Varlamov like could be very good, you know. But uh, it's uh, Sorokin, you know, Shostjorkin was kind of a you didn't know what you were going to get, and Sorokin can come in. I think he'll be a very good. So they could be as just as good, or you know, maybe possibly slightly better. We don't know. But at the same time, we don't have the proof of concept. Shostjorkin was right. in the AHL enough where we're like okay, and we know Sorokin is a much more he relies much more on his athleticism and sometimes that can really burn you as an NHL goaltender. You know what I mean? If you're not, uh, you're a little too aggressive or rely on your reflexes more, especially at the NHL level where the shots can be so much come so much faster, but at the same time, he, maybe he just, you know, can hash it and 
they don't that Isles team in front of him plays well, so he doesn't have to make a lot of stops. So as long as he's in, you know, he's a up to task, they could be very good. Yeah, I mean, my problem with though with the Islanders is that they're an older team. Obviously, they're they rely on defensive play. They don't score a ton of goals, so they're looking to win games two one. I don't know if these you know, that system is really going to be beneficial in, you know, in this season. I, I just don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously Trotz is a, a amazing coach and he could switch things up and, and, you know, help this team out a little bit in terms of the coaching, but I, I don't know with their age and, you know, losing Taze and, and, and not having maybe the, the best offensive punch in the league, uh, and especially this division, if they're struggling to score goals, they can fall quickly to the bottom of the standings. Yeah. And like you said, it's all they're a very old team. And if you have a bunch of guys, you know, uh, John, uh, Johnny Boychuk retiring. So I don't know what that means for them. I don't not familiar right. who's the next man up depth wise for them. Uh, but, yeah, they're going to look to, uh, you know, like Nick Letty is going to have to who is he seems to last year. He was struggling a bit despite being you know good for so long because he's getting older. Like I said, they lose Devontae's. Pollock's going to have a lot more responsibility. You know, guys are going to have to step up, and you know, maybe they're up to the task. But uh, you know, Noah, uh, Noah Dobson is going to have to really be have to be relying on. It seemed like at times he was a little as you know he's looked pretty good, but at the same time, it's like is he you know who knows? We just it's like I said, it's a, you're, you're unknown, so you don't really know. So all these te- a bunch of the teams in this division have question marks. You know, I'd argue, I you know I think the only locks really honestly. I'd say Boston should still be a lock just based on how, how good of a team they are. Even if they do have some regression, they should still be good enough to make it. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think the flyers are where they're at in their development are, they're good enough to make it. They have, you know, Provorov's is a good defend defender. They have pretty good depth of forwards. You know, I, I, you, I know how you and I feel that they're ultimately it'll come whether or not Vigneault can, uh, get over the coaching hump will be their issue, but they should make it. Well, they're honestly, regular, those they're other be, two spots. I, uh, sorry to cut you off, but if we're going to talk about AV, he's a regular season champion. That's so they'll make it, but yeah, who knows? Flyers are my pick for the to win the division. Without a yeah, doubt, that's not a bad that's not a bad bet to be honest. But at the same time, it's like we've seen that it's a two kind of a two headed thing for him in the in the playoffs. But right. yeah, those other two spots, man, I really don't know. Like I said, you know, you have Crosby and Malkin, or Crosby and Malkin, but at the same time, it just you know, Kapanen, he's not a very He's not like the best player, but they traded up a lot for him and they just keep getting older and Latang's another year older, even though he's been good the last few seasons. It just doesn't really their the rest of their team on paper doesn't really impress me all that much. But watch, you know, but at the same time, you have Crosby and Malkin on your team. So, you know, so who knows? It's just and same thing with Washington. Do they they you know, their forward depth is excellent, but and even some of their I like some of their defensive move and they now they have Laviolette, who's a good coach. But you just don't know. They're kind of getting older, a little bit longer in the tooth, too. So something had happened. Maybe it's just not clicking. They're trying to play a new style and adjust to it and figure it out. And yeah, who knows? But it's just, yeah, there's a lot of unknowns. Yeah. And, and you know, I think the Rangers from last year, I, I, I in the past podcast, I said that the Rangers were going to have a, a slightly worse season this year. It's hard for me to even compare the two seasons because it's a 56 game schedule obviously you know they're not going to get as many points as they were last year and so it's tough to compare point wise winning percentage 
I think is tough to even look at too because you you aren't you aren't playing the entire league. You are playing your own division, and Rangers are in a division where I think a lot of teams are evenly matched. And the difference is going to be uh, for me if if I'm a betting man, I have to look at every single team's goaltending duo. Do they have enough, you know, back back in net to you know rifle off you know an eight game winning streak, which is going to be like huge in this fifty six game schedule. I don't know. I don't see any team that could really do that. Maybe the Flyers and then Bruins, if that line gets hot and they, you know, they start putting up, you know, three or four goals a game, you know, for eight games in a row, they could do that. They are the best line in hockey. Um, And and then I don't trust any of the other teams. I don't trust the Capitals because I I don't trust their goaltending and I don't trust their, and I'm calling them out again. The Capitals leadership is always a question mark for me, especially Ovechkin. I know he likes to have fun and I know he loves playing the game, but in a weird season like this, I don't know how much fun Ovi's going to actually have. You know, it's just it's just a weird setup. And yeah, I'm calling them out. So if uh, you know, uh, I don't like their goaltending and I don't like their leadership there. Penguins, I think they're just old. And I think this season, again, if Crosby goes down, who who do they have? They they have no depth up front. You're absolutely right. And I don't like their goaltending. And then you got the Devils, the Sabers. Please, I'm so sick and tired of people. Sabers have to prove to me they're a good team. I'm not. They can't just bring in Taylor Hall and all of a sudden, you know, we have to now respect them. Please, they literally fly off the cliff every year. They take off and everything's like, oh my god, the Sabers are going to be a playoff team, and then they crash and burn so quickly. It's embarrassing. Well, well as as Rangers fans, I think we're kind of hoping that happens because then right. you know, a certain someone might say, you know what, we. If this is not wasn't enough to to get us into the playoffs, like my faith is is done, and yeah, who knows? Maybe he he sets his eyes elsewhere, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? And it's they, fair. They I'm, I'm dream. Uh, yeah, well, trust me, it's been my dream. I brought it up many a times to you, Andy, asking you what the reality is. Hello, bonjour, hello, hi, heya, and previet, hockey fans. Welcome to the Europuck Podcast, the show where two Brits talk all things European hockey as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you want to keep updated on all of the latest news, scores, or standings from across the European hockey world, you want to get some insight from some very interesting guests discussing their stories with hockey and how the sport grows around in Europe in different interesting places, or if you want to keep updated with all of the leagues across Europe that are either playing, have been suspended, cancelled, delayed indefinitely, then do check out our latest episodes of the Europuck podcast every Friday as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We have a YouTube channel, the Europuck Podcast, and you can listen to us wherever else you get your podcasts. So check us out every Fridays and we'll see you there, folks. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Rangers and the question marks that they have there because I, I've been hammering the teams in our division, just outright, you know, you know, calling them basically frauds. And you know, I, I'm hold on one second. I'm looking up this one thing. It's that. So the Rangers defense, I think, is the big question mark. And now that they have the taxi squad, who do you see as the young prospects making the tax, taxi squad? So. Because that's that's the biggest question mark I think for the New York Rangers. Yeah. 
so you know it's interesting i i'd we'd spoken on a previous podcast about maybe wanting to keep even though maybe they're not they don't think they're ready to be the guys on the ice that with the uncertainty around the ahl and how that's going to shake out maybe want to keep guys close and get get them a chance to get some games uh you know, I expect Tarmo Reunion to come and fight for a spot, period, because because I, I have faith in him and the organization is very high on him. But yeah, so he I mean, you have to presume at least if he doesn't factor on to, you know, if he doesn't factor into the hard lineup that he will be part of that taxi squad. Uh, we're not going to I don't think we're going to see Igor Rykov this year. I think he's going to stay in the KHL until it's over. I don't know after that, but you know, I don't know how, and I haven't looked into whether or not that means he has to, they have to commit to him up front or, you know, save a spot for him. Uh, you know, Libor Hayek, K Andre. Uh, yeah. Potato. Cause I, you know, uh, yeah. Potato, excuse me. You know, so they, there are guys competing. For, and what I like about this year's Rangers is that when I look at the guys competing for spots, like, you know, Jack Johnson, obviously, is not, I, I know, much maligned everywhere and especially by us. But, yeah, they have a lot of guys, at least, even though they're weak on that left side, they do have guys competing for that spot. You know, Hayek has done limited stints where he's kind of struggled, but he's another year older, another year wiser, has been playing overseas a bit. Maybe he comes and he starts clicking for him. You know, like I said, Keandre, the the Rangers have been very impressed. Right now, he's him and... Alexi Lafreniere on the ice together every day. Uh, they're living in the same billet family. He was with the Rangers when they for their return to play camp over the summer. They kept him with him, and they were really impressed with him. And you know, but I still think he needs some AHL seasoning. But who knows? Like I said, they might they might say, you know what, this is we're going to see what we have and and figure it out from there. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, to to your point, like for the rest of. Uh, between Batetto and Reuninen and and, and uh, Libor Hayek and uh, Jack Johnson, like they're gonna have. I I I have to look. Uh, do you have in front of you how many? So is it? Do they have a cap on the defenseman you can, or just a player cap general? Like you can carry any assortment between. I I would imagine it's any assortment. That's what I've read. I haven't yeah. seen any cap on forwards or defensemen. But it, they did say four to six players. So I'm I'm curious, is it six players or is it like, you know, I, I know like the taxi squad gets paid AHL rate, but they are under basically the NHL's, uh, uh, you know, protocol in terms of, you know, COVID. So they will yeah. be traveling with the team. They can't, you know, go play AHL games. They have to practice and play exactly. with the NHL uh, team. And so. one of those four to six slots has is has to be a goalie. So you have three goaltenders is basically it. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. And they're, you know, and uh, you they can either have, a, they can be on both one and two way contracts, right. For their salary. So, right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the, the Rangers have a, have options, obviously. Uh, you know, like I said, their left side, as I look at their left side, it's, I'm wincing at their, you know, between Lindgren Smith and Jack Johnson. If that's what you pencil in, that kind of hurts. So you really do kind of hope one of Rainin and Hayek, Potato, you know, hell, potentially even K. Andre, you know, it's a long shot, but steps up, you know what I mean? And then uh, I think obviously between that and then the bottom six, uh, camp is going to be really, yeah, it's going to be really uh, important because, you know, they that, you have so many guys who figure into maybe the, the fourth line roles between, or just, you know, unknown people like uh, Kodorenko and uh, Tim Gettinger and Colin Blackwell, Morgan Barron, yeah. uh, and, Austin uh, Ruschoff. 
Kevin Rooney, you know, uh, we you have so many guys that are literally, you know, that, that's extra spots for them to fight for. They're fighting not just for for a starting night roster spot, but they're, you know, usually it's you're maybe one or two guys or, or maybe it's just to fighting to be able to keep a, be included with the big club or just stay on the road in case someone gets hurt. But, you know, those taxi squad spots are going to be really important this year. And most likely guys are going to get hurt and they're going to see playing time. So that's, uh, it'll be really interesting, man. But, you know, I, I think for the most part, you know, uh, as it should be, the range upper half of the Rangers roster is pretty much a lock, but that last pair, that last D pairing. And then, uh, you know, some spots in the bottom six or, or, you know, technically maybe even, you know, the one winger spot in the bottom six, uh, you know, on the third line. And then that whole entire fourth line is just seemingly up for grabs. So it'll be interesting. And I, it will be interesting to see if maybe, who knows, maybe, I don't know, maybe at some point, uh, Brett Howden struggles and can get, you know, gets usurped. I don't know, but, uh, it'll be, yeah, it's, it's interesting to think about. Larry Brooks had a, you know, great article kind of breaking down the NHL and the New York Rangers and, and kind of what to expect looking at the New York Rangers roster. I mean, he kind of hit the nails right on the head, the nails, the nail right on the head, uh, you know, up front, obviously he has 10 locked players, which I think every, any, no, any Ranger fan would agree, you know, Panarin's Benajad, Kreider, Strom, Buchnevich, Hedl, Kako, Lafreniere, Lemieux, and Gaultier. And then basically leaving, he le- he's leaving Brett Howden out with Morgan Barron, Kevin Rooney, DiGiuseppe, Blackwell, Gettinger, Justin Richards, Austin, how, how the hell did you say that Rushoff. name? Rushoff. Rushoff. And Kotarenko. Uh, basically, yeah. are going to be p- competing for, you know, those the fourth line and the taxi squad. So I don't know how many, you know, players. I would imagine the Rangers, given their depth at defenseman and how important that will be i would imagine they carry two extra defensemen on that taxi squad and then three forwards and a goalie which would give them six yeah but i can also see them carrying an extra defenseman and only two extra forwards uh yeah because uh, the forwards for me have are are the biggest question mark yeah so if, yeah, if they're doing six guys, they'll do Kincaid, and then maybe to your point, they'll do. Uh, I think they like the fact that they've they've talked about Tony potentially being able to switch sides. So I don't know if that's going to factor in because you know it's if true. you don't have a guy that you want to have as much. Uh, I don't know if Batetto has also played both sides at, at any point, but you know I think Jack Johnson. Unfortunately, I just I don't you know after I'm sure as a. Bring, I just feel like bringing him in, it just reeks of like, even if he's not playing, they want him around for leadership or dumb, intangible things. So I assume he's going to, if he's not on the opening night roster, he's on the taxi squad roster. Um, but who knows? Um, as if, you know, and we also don't know if that, that was and, probably most likely a favor to, uh, you know, the Rangers, uh, uh, Jesus, uh, Jacques Martin, you know, their new uh, defensive coordinator. But, um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, I think Batetto, I think Batetto might be a lock for that taxi squad if he doesn't win that opening night spot. Um, so do I. And I know, like I said, I know they're high on Reunion, but yeah, I think, and yeah, here's, well, you know what? I don't know. Well, yeah, here's, here's the thing, Andy. No, here's the thing, Andy. Looking at the how the Rangers are set up, and I know everyone wants their young guys to play, but realistically, what benefit would it be to have 
you know, Keandre Miller or Runin and just sitting in the taxi squad, not getting reps. I, I would kind of want those guys at the AHL playing, yeah. you know, playing games and then call them up from there. You know, I, I don't know what the protocol is and if there's a, you know, a quarantine, you know, set up between the AHL and NHL and you got to kind of have to, to quarantine first before you can join uh, the squad. But yeah, I just see. I just see the New York Rangers kind of taking the players that have NHL experience and you're absolutely right. I mean, for, for me, I, I don't see uh Boteto or Jack Johnson being sent to the AHL. Like th- those players are going to be either on the taxi squad or, you know, on our roster starting roster. Yeah. I don't see us taking a chance with, and this is like all coming to me right now. I, I, realistically, there's nothing going to be sexy about the New York Rangers uh, <laughs> roster defense squad. Yeah. No. Yeah, exactly. Um, and to your point, yeah, I Andre, I don't know if he's NHL ready. I suspect he's not yet. Anyway, you need him. He needs to be playing. And uh, yeah, we don't I guess we don't I don't have I don't have the info on how call ups from that point, you know, are handled forward or handled. If you want to call someone from the AHL, if there's something like you said, do they have to quarantine for a bit? Do they have to wait a rapid test and then uh yeah, I just don't know what that protocol is. Do you have to then send someone down from the taxi squad to replace them? I don't know how that works. Uh, but yeah, I, those you know the, the, maybe those guys need playing time. But uh, you know, I think there is a chance Reynonen can make the team out of camp. I do definitely think it's a def, you know that that last uh, spot on the left. I think he can win it. The Rangers are super high on him apparently, and hope he you know hope he has a good showing in camp. But yeah, everyone else like. Between Hayek, I think, you know, they'd be looking for him to surprise or play spoiler, but that's really it. You know, no offense to Libor. I just, you know, based on, uh, you know, just mentally how he, you know, he's a good skater, can be in short bursts, be reliable. But at the same time, you know, he seems to have trouble with the physicality and thinking a part of the game. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I think to to what we were discussing, I think the Rangers just that taxi squad, they're not afraid. If Jack Johnson's not playing, they're not afraid of him, you know, there's no development time wasted on either, you know, Potato and Johnson who've been in the, uh, the league a while. So they know it, they'll just practice and they'll hopefully be ready when they put them in. And, uh, right. obviously having Brendan, Smith, you know, who knows Brendan Smith, Mr. I can, you know, play on the fourth line instead of playing at D if you need it's me true. to, yeah, who knows? We just don't know. Um, that, that, that changes the dynamic. So we'll see. And I also don't know if there's a, maybe this is a season where the Rangers and, they're they're not too concerned they know it's a weird outlier and they're preaching patience and they're like maybe you know they do have their they do plan on jettisoning some guys that they maybe had deals for or just never came together uh over the summer so who knows maybe they're going to showcase some guys only for the express purposes of eventually uh, sending them on their merry way so we don't know but a lot of a lot of different narratives going in but i think like like we had said that ultimately i think those taxi squad spots end up you know, if one of Jack Johnson or Boteto don't make the roster, I think they would be definitely locked in for at least a taxi squad spot just because I think they like having the certainty of those guys, uh, you know, waiting in the wings. So there's a player on the list of the extra forwards that are kind of be fighting for that fourth line taxi squad position. And it's Morgan Barron. I feel like there's a lot of hype around him. What are the odds that he sees not only playing time, but, you know, is that he makes the uh, NHL roster, the varsity? Um, you know, I, Baron, I think like, like guys like Baron and Kodorenko and Justin Richards, like, I think 
they have a strong, like a pretty strong chance to see some time to or to make some lock down some of those spots. I don't think all of them will. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a guy like Rooney, who's a who, a, you know, even though offense dies on his stick, but is like a you know a good defensive fourth line player and penalty killer. You think you have? I think he's got one of those thoughts. If he doesn't make the the fourth line on opening night, I think he uh, at least makes the taxi squad. Right. So there's another spot going. You now have. Out of you know between uh, Keith Kincaid, him Johnson and Potato potentially taking up four slots with only two left, you know it that means it's like Austin Rushoff, Kodarenko, uh, you know Di Giuseppe, Blackwell, Gettinger, and uh, potentially Brett Howden and Justin Richards all fighting for a slot, you know. So it's a it's a lot. I mean, I think they have a realistic chance. Uh, I like Barron, but at the same time, just because they're unknown, I just think there's a chance that. It's just their league might just be more comfortable than in the AHL, you know? Right. And listen, it's important. Like guys emerge from the AHL and, you know, it's a good, it, you know, I think the only, the only concerns this year are about, you know, it's going to be hard enough for the NHL to pull this off. And for the AHL that lacks the infrastructure, even with help from the NHL. Yeah. You just don't know. Like, will, you know, if there's a, are they going to have a lot of starting and start, stopping issues? Um, you know, I don't, uh, what the I think their AHL is slated for what February 9th right yeah so yeah it's a you know uh like four three to four weeks after the the league uh or four weeks technically I think um after the NHL start date so yeah it's like yeah I don't know man I just it's like the the unknowns of COVID really do make it difficult but I may I think it one of one of the one or two of those guys can obviously win a slot if I if I had to put money on those forwards like i would think ju- i don't know they like di giuseppe i know that so the guy's a spark plug you say what you want about him obviously he's never going to be anything more than yeah. a serviceable fourth liner but the the kid was plugged in in, in different spots last year and was kind of relied upon and and he met the challenge i thought i mean he, he didn't play himself out of our roster that's for sure and you know uh, Brett Howden is another player that you know Quinn loves him, loves his attitude. Uh, I I don't see it at all. But again, there's comfort there in Brett Howden being you know on the starting roster, and, yeah, and certainly on the taxi squad if that's the situation he yeah. finds himself in. Yeah, ultimately, I think it ends up being you know we have our ten locks, you know, uh, that we discussed, yeah, uh, and then final with the other. You know, and then Howden and Di Giuseppe potentially, right? Right. To fill out the 12, yeah, starting, you know, at least forward slots. And then, yeah, on D, you're going to have Tony, Truba, Brendan Smith, uh, and, uh, excuse me, uh, Adam Fox, you know, and uh, Lindgren. And then, yeah, I, you know, I, like we said, you have to have a goaltender. So Kincaid's there. I assume Batetto and uh, Jack Johnson will have slots locked off. I assume Rooney, they didn't, I think they get him for a reason. So I think he's got that slot. And then, you know, the, for those final two taxi squad, squad you know, I'm going to say, it, I already said DJ Seppi, right, for the opening lineup, right? So then, yeah, I'm going to say it's going to be, Want, maybe maybe Morgan Barrett makes it or maybe Justin Richards makes it and then I don't yeah I don't see any combination of like more than one or two of those guys making it you know if Rooney's not in the fourth line then he gets a slot and then 
I, I think, you know, they, I think they're, they're high in Morgan Barron's and, but they're, you know, maybe J- J- Justin Richards, I know they have seemed to like his defensive play. And if that's, I think that the Rangers, you could tell how the kind of the mood, their mood changed after getting out in the playoffs and they see, you know, over trying to fix their defensive play and be harder to play against. So maybe that might be a priority for them. So, well, you know, maybe those guys who are a little less offensively gifted or physically impressive, but are good defensive players, they might win those slots. So a Justin Richards might beat out a, a Morgan Barron or a Kodorenko. Now I'm going to throw a little twister at you here. I'm going to twist you up Uh-oh. here. All right. This is okay. the biggest problem of the Rangers forwards face. If Mika, Heedle, or Strom get hurt next season, I don't know what the Rangers are going to do because it's a question mark for the fourth line center. And then whoever that is, I mean, realistically, that would probably be Brett Howden. But who who's coming in yeah. to save the day at the fourth line? They're going to have to rely uh, on one of those one of these guys. I mean, Barron? well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Uh, probably, you know, Baron, uh, potentially Justin Richards. Uh, maybe there's never. Yeah, you know, listen, I like Tim Gettinger in the in the short. Uh, oh, he's a winger. Um. Who knows? Maybe that's the perfect time to start. The is can Alexi Lafreniere become a, a center uh, <laughs> experiment? You know, who knows? Maybe they say Alexi, you're not going to wherever. I don't, even if he moved up somehow to play in that first line, they're like, you're our third line center now because we're going to see if you can do it. You know, who knows? Uh, I yeah, I mean, you know, I think like guys like Kevin Hayes who mostly played on wing but had a little bit of center experience and only really full time even starting off on the wing for extended periods but then moving to center full time yeah i i think Morgan Barron would most likely be the guy in that slot if 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 there was a, a big injury you know yeah i mean I is he the guy that you're most excited to see what he has like um, as a as a fan I, him or- and yeah, I you know I think him and because like I, I I expect Justin Richards to be a pretty well polished two way forward, but I think Morgan Barron, you know between his the physical attributes and his, him him and Kodarenko is honestly the biggest unknown for me because it's one of those things where it's like a Pionk thing where either, either this guy is going to be you just don't know you know what I mean right. and Pionk you know I think the truth was 50-50 the Rangers saw he had he offensively he could do some things but defensively he wasn't that great uh but yeah I'm Kodorenko really does intrigue me as a prospect and him and Baron are, are the two most intriguing guys for me cuz I want to see what they got um you know spending spending that extra time marinating in the NCAA are they ready you know can they think the game fast enough you know, Baron really did a good job last year, just kind of trying to round things out and take on more off. You know, I don't know. I don't think he, he can dictate, you know, he'll never be a, I don't think he's ever anything more than a bottom six guy, unfortunately, but he's, you know, his size, his strength, his, uh, his motor, the fact that he, you know, he can shoot the puck. Well, he can shield it well and he can, yeah. And he just has a little bit more offensive, uh, he ha- he's got it's a maybe a little bit more meat and potatoes but he can he can actually get pucks on net he's not just a guy who's chasing the corner and then just trying to like you know want, grind teams down like he right. can actually uh do a little bit of everything so yeah i'm really interested and kodorenko's got even more offensive upside at that maybe leaving some yeah leaving a little bit of uh defensive uh play on the table but 
those two guys interest me the most just because I, I really don't know what to expect out of them because I know it can be either really good or it just they might not even be NHL players. I just don't know. And that's the problem. You know, maybe they can jump in instantly. Maybe they can't. So that's why I want to see. But that's what training camp is going to be for. And we'll see uh, as the I'm going to be uh, voraciously following all the Rangers beat writers to see some of the reports that come out of those scrimmages and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that will be certainly exciting. I got one more question for you. When does the sure. KHL season end? Do you know off the top of your head? Oh, man. Um, no, but I can look it up really quick. They're pretty far. So the reason I asked that question, and I'm sure every Ranger fan is pulling their hair out asking, where the hell is Kratzov in all this? Why isn't he at camp? Like Rykov, he think, is going to finish out yeah. the season in the KHL. Yeah. I, was wondering. So I think it's, yeah, I think the KHL season ends the end of February sometime. And then, okay playoffs which at this point tractor is is march into april so you know who knows i think like i said i think tractor i think they make the playoffs um you know they, they think they, they they keep riding along they're a pretty good defensive team they're not like they don't score a crazy amount of goals but they're not like barren for offense and they can you know i think they were the first team to to shut out uh like csk in moscow like in all you know in, in like three years or something crazy like that you know they're good they they play they play for each other they got some good players and it's been a good experience for crafts off so even though the points aren't freely flowing you know he's picking up assists there even though his goal like he after his torrid start but uh, his defensive play just keeps getting better and that's exactly what the rangers want and what you know you want you want him you know, blocking shots and back checking and developing that side of his game. So when he comes, he can, yeah, he can just uh, fit in with this Rangers roster even better. So, uh, yeah, well, I assume he'll be available. You know, I don't think they win the Gergarin Cup, but he should be available probably sometime near. Uh, yeah, I don't. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless they they win, you know, you'd imagine maybe sometime in early April. Okay. Yeah, no, I was going to say, what are we living in the reality that he comes over right after that season's done? Uh, you know, I, I really do think it depends. I think if they win, if it's if if they don't make the playoffs and they ball, fall out, yes, he comes over. If they get ousted in one of the early rounds, yeah, I assume he's coming right over. And they're going to want, you know, want an influx of uh, what he can do, especially if he's, you know, if, he, if he's been, he's going to be a big part. He's a big part of their success. So if they're going that far, he's got something to offer. Uh, right. and I, you know, he, I think he wants to make it work. So, um, yeah, I don't know if, uh, like, I guess the only thing is if, you know, I think, I think he's coming over no matter what, you know, now that I think about it, I don't think there's any reason he wouldn't, I don't, you know, uh, I don't know if that means like, if he's not, I'm pretty sure he's eligible. They own his rights. I think he can come over whenever. I just don't know, obviously with COVID, what the protocol for that would be. But, um, yeah, I think he's coming over no matter what. But he, I, he is committed to doing his full season there. So we'll, whenever that his season ends, we'll, we'll have to see. But yeah, the reg, KHL regular season doesn't end until the end of February. And I, as of right now, I think his team will most likely make the playoffs. So we'll see. So, well, then I'm going to follow up another question because Harry. where does he fit in? If right now, if, you, if he was joining the New York Rangers camp, is he, yep. is he making the lineup? Uh, uh, yeah, I, he's, he'd be a third line, uh, winger for me, you know, uh, okay. if he, if he makes it, I'm, I'm not putting him on the fourth line. I just, I mean, that, but that's me, you know, NHL coaches are different. Like Leah Sanderson, you know, not that he's still his, you know, he's getting there, but he's not there yet. But 
he wasn't put in much of a position to succeed because they thought he was a grittier two-way guy. But even though as much as he's rounded out his play, he need he's a guy that he needs puck touches. He's a he's a you know he's an offensive guy. You know it's that's his bread and butter and his transition ability. I think him uh, if I don't think you know, knock on wood, if I assume at some point either Lafreniere gets bumped up to play with Mika, if his talent is that, and Chris is playing on that third, that third line, or it's still Lafreniere for some godforsaken reason, but it's working and you no, know, just leave it. You know, I think that's a possibility. Can you imagine Lafreniere, if, you know, if you have Lafreniere in your line, you don't really have to do the heavy lifting, you know? Yeah. If you're Heedel, you know, Heedle, God bless him, is such a, he keeps, you know, he's improving and he's a, you know, he's a good solo. He's kind of a good one-on-one player because he's got good skill. He's got size and speed, but he's not the the most depth playmaker, you know? So if you have a guy like Lafreniere who can drive play from the wing and you're just, you know, Heedle can just focus on taking face-offs and being big. And maybe if you get the puck in open ice, if he dishes it to you, just using that size and speed and then crafts off just being who thinks the game, the offensive game really smart. And once you're in the zone can be Heedle's more of the disruptor and net front presence or guy winning board battles and crafts off more of the guy who, if, if laugh is a puck, he's like, I know when to arrive and you know, at what time and I can shoot the puck, you know, catch and release type guy that might be a recipe for success. So, um, but it, you know, I, I, I do say it is obviously a limited, you know, he's, it's a limited capacity they could use him in, unfortunately, because, uh, I don't see Kako or Buchnevich, unless Buchnevich is really in Quinn's doghouse. Like I don't see him getting ousted and I don't see Kako getting demoted. Like, you know, so. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely yeah. agree with you. Um, you know, I, I do think, I, I know I probably have the pulse of a, of an average New York Ranger fan. And, you know, I'm getting a little itchy wanting to see what Krasov has. And, you know, right now I'm very excited, you know, for that season to end so he can come over here because I do think, you know, I still see him in the picture of, you know, of Kako, of Lafreniere. I, 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 you know, put him in that group and I just want him to finally, you know, have an opportunity to play with the varsity because I'm so sick of hearing about how great he's doing in the KHL or, you know, uh, you know, he's finishing out his season there. Like I'm done with that. You know, I'm checked out mentally, Andy, and I need, I need him on a New York. I need him in a New York Ranger sweater this season. So, uh, you know, obviously you gave me a little Christmas treat there saying that, you know, you definitely see him coming over after the KHL season, uh, ends. So what else you got, Andy, anything else you want to touch on? Uh, not really. Just, you know, like I said, uh, we're recording this on Sunday. You're going to be listening to this Monday morning, uh, prelims start tonight, Sunday night, uh, USA. I think they're taking on, uh, is it, are they taking on Finland tonight or, or Sweden? I can't see. I just know there's uh, prelim action. And then tomorrow night on Monday, if you're listening to this, uh, I think team Canada has a game. Uh, I think they're, are they playing? Maybe they're playing Sweden. I have to pull it up. I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, uh, all those will be, if you're listening to this in Canada, all games I believe are going to be on TSN. Uh, and if all games should be on the NHL network, if you're here in the States, uh, and I'm just really excited because finally hockey is back tonight and it doesn't really feel that way. Cause even if there are just prelim games, but this is kind of, we finally have some traction forward. We have the league and, and, uh, the NHLPA are, are, are buddy, buddy. They're trying to work together. Finally, you know, uh, more info keeps, coming out and they just seem that everyone just is operating that like, yep, this is, 
uh, January 13th. We just kind of, we're ironing it out, but this is what we want. You know, we saw I saw Ryan Strom today packed up his car. He's driving uh, to New York from uh, Toronto, so from the Ontario area. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, everyone's funneling back in, uh, and I'm excited. It's just, it's hap It's happening. You know, that gif of, uh, I don't know who it is, but he's just, you know, it's happening that when he's waving his fingers, he's all excited. Uh, yeah, it's that gif. Um, it's, it's all happening and we're going to keep hearing more info. The world juniors, I hope will be good. Uh, like, uh, you know, I, we were, after our last podcast, you asked me who I thought the upset could be, and I thought it could be Russia. And the more time that goes on, I just said that because I panicked. But <laughs> when you asked me, I was like, oh, I don't know, because especially you said it, it can't be uh, Canada. But the more I looked at that Russian squad, I'm like, they're really good, man. And Igor Larionov's going to coach them, so you know yeah. uh, that could make a big difference. He's not Val Valeri Bragan has coached them for years uh, to a mixed bag of results. So you know, fresh, you know, maybe a, a fresh approach would be just what that team needs. And they got some good offensive firepower. So yeah, man, I'm excited. Hockey is finally back. Now, hopefully my power in my building can come back, but hockey's coming back. So that's good. And I, I just can't wait. I'm uh, literally a kid on Christmas. So uh, do you have anything else, James, you want to tell, tell the listeners? No, just, uh, you know, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Broadway boys pod. And, you know, Andy will be tweeting out uh, probably all the highlights of Team USA and just the highlights of the World Juniors. It's an exciting time of the year, and it's even more exciting this time, you know, now that we do have hockey on the horizon. I went to Lowe's this morning to pick up some paint supplies, and the lady asked me at the desk, because I had a New York Rangers hat on, she asked me when hockey was starting. And it was a little treat that I got to give her and tell her that the season's going to be starting in January, on January 13th. And she got all excited. So, you know, people are hungry for hockey. They're asking questions. And, you know, you know, we got the answers, Andy. So be sure to follow us on Broadway Boys Pod. And, uh, yeah, and uh, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all on Monday. Oh, yeah, and we should mention it is Christmas. Uh, we're not going to have a Thursday pod because it's Christmas. So Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, Rangers hockey's coming back. Uh, Emmanuel quickly is going to be the Knicks uh, starting point guard and uh, Team USA all the way uh, to start the World Juniors. Happy holidays, people. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.